0: Hey, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa.
1: Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability.
0: In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders,
1: leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Welcome to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. My name is Alyssa. And my name is Melissa with an M. Wow. Could we be
0: more confusing? Yeah. Both deliverability, like crazy people with basically the same name.
1: Yeah. Sorry about that. Hopefully it won't be too confusing, but that's just, that's the names we have. We can't change them. So here we are. Here we are. Ready to give you all the deliverability knowledge. Yes. How has your Friday been? This is a Friday that we're recording this. Um, It's been good. It's just started
0: raining though, so I'm pretty bummed. But we've had good weather lately. I'm actually, so Melissa, I'm talking right now. And (laughs) I am located in North Carolina.
1: And actually, Alyssa is not too far away from me. Yeah, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, which you were going to come visit. And then COVID-19 happened. So we'll have to make sure that happens in the future. Definitely. Definitely. So let's start out and introduce ourselves a little bit more so that you all know who's talking to you every week. Melissa, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into deliverability? Yeah, for sure. So I, Alyssa and I, if you didn't already know, we both work for a
0: company called ConvertKit. So if you're one of our customers, it's good to have you here. And if you're new to email marketing, it's also good to have you here. So we, or I got, I started working at ConvertKit probably... I want to say I keep getting confused if it's two or three years. It feels like I've been here forever because I love this company. And I started working in deliverability kind of on accident. I worked as a customer support specialist and just really liked getting those kinds of tickets and sort of trying to help educate customers when they had deliverability-esque issues. So the more and more I started learning about it kind of on my own, Uh, The more I knew that I kind of I think I wanted to go in that direction. And then Alyssa came to ConvertKit and I automatically was like, "Okay, I need her to tell me everything she knows because she obviously is very knowledgeable and I never really wanted to be a teacher per se. Like, I think it's a fantastic career, but it was never necessarily for me. However, I do love to share my knowledge with others.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of how I got here. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) And when I joined ConvertKit and I got to know you, I was like, um, I'm going to need you to work with me, please, because you are very good at this. So good at explaining really complex topics, which is exactly what we're going to do on this podcast. And I'm just, we're so lucky that you're here. Ah, Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. So my background is also, you know, I kind of got here by accident and I think that's every person who works in deliverability's background because you can't go to school for email deliverability. I started out actually as a high school math teacher and, you know, there were parts of the job that I loved and there were parts of the job that I didn't love. And I had previously worked in support at another tech company and I just really thrived in that environment I loved that I was still kind of teaching customers and helping customers and feeling that sense of purpose, um, but also was really challenged in the technical aspect and especially loved getting to like build processes and improve systems and all of that good stuff. So once I- Definitely. Yeah, when I realized teaching just wasn't fulfilling me the way I thought it would, I looked for other tech jobs and stumbled across a role called The deliverability specialist at an ESP called Emma. And I didn't know what the word deliverability meant. But when I read the job description, um, it looked like it entailed a lot of customer service and also technical skills. So, those were the two things I was looking for. And luckily enough, they hired me even without any deliverability experience. And my manager there had 10 years of experience in deliverability. So he was a very patient teacher. Shout out to Art Kwanstrom. He's amazing. And he taught me so, so much. So it was really fun to learn on the job and then gain my knowledge. And now I'm really excited to be at ConvertKit, especially because it, ties in the intellectual part I love of deliverability with the heart behind helping creators earn a living. It's so important to me. My husband's in the music industry, and I just know how hard it can be sometimes to be a creator and to be putting your work out there. And it's important to make a living, (laughs) uh, to put food on the table and pay your bills. So we get to do that all day and help people make that happen, which is really fun. Definitely. It's interesting to see
0: all of the different businesses that come through and use specifically where we work at ConvertKit use our platform. I think when we say creator, you've mentioned this before, that can mean anything from a musician to an artist, like painted painting artist to a chef or someone that has a successful blog or someone who's just starting out. Like there's a whole like variety of people who are using our platform, which is what's really cool. So it's email marketing is for a lot of, you know, anyone that has an email list, anyone who's thinking about getting an email list or starting a business. And so oftentimes people will say like, oh, well, why, you know,
1: why would I care about
0: deliverability?
1: Right. So if you don't know about deliverability yet, or maybe you're having some deliverability problems, you might not even know you're having those. At the end of the day, your audience isn't going to be reached and If that's happening, your business is going to struggle. So our goal is to help you get the information you need about how to reach your subscribers through email marketing. And we want to make sure it's attainable. It's easy to understand. Obviously, these things can be really complex, but there's just not a lot of great information out there right now about deliverability, especially for people who are just getting started. But that's one of the things Melissa and I are really passionate about is You know, while we learned about deliverability, we saw that there is just a huge need for transparent information about how email works. How can you make sure that people are actually seeing those emails? And then eventually you're gonna want to, you know, have action taken from those emails so that you are able to run your business and make money from email. That's the end goal here. Right,
0: well, and and so that's kind of something that is interesting I think that's another response sort of in general that I get from people. Maybe, you know, if you're here listening to this podcast now, you're probably familiar with email marketing to an extent, but a lot of people don't think that email is necessarily like the number one way to communicate anymore. They think social media has kind of taken over that part of email. But Alyssa, you and I just talked about that recently, and that's just not necessarily true. So... It's important because you need to be connected with your audience. And you can kind of explain a little bit what you told me about, you know, if you have an Instagram account, that Instagram kind of owns those subscribers. And if you want to elaborate on that, I thought that was super interesting.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I know a lot of people personally who are awesome creators like photographers and musicians, um, especially living in Nashville. And I found that a lot of them just have a really strong Instagram presence or maybe even Facebook or Twitter but they're not building an email list and they are doing themselves a disservice because at the end of the day, if you just have a big following through social media, which is really awesome, but those platforms own your audience and they are gonna determine whether your audience is actually seeing your content or not. And obviously, as we've seen with other platforms, some social media platforms eventually you know, go out of business or they no longer exist. So if you have a ton of followers on Instagram and then, you know, in a few years, maybe Instagram no longer exists, then that audience you had is gone. Or if there's some sudden change to their algorithms and suddenly your content isn't being seen by people, then you're just, you're not being seen at all. So I have really loved talking to my friends who have a bigger Instagram following about email marketing and how if you're collecting email addresses and building your audience in that way, you have ownership over those email addresses. Like they're yours, they've signed up to be on your list and you can market to those people however you'd like. To a certain extent, of course, you need to be following all email legislation such as CanSpam, CASEL, GDPR, and also be sure you're following all the acceptable use policies for the ESP that you're using and especially through ConvertKit or any other ESP, it can be really helpful to your business. And some things that make email different than social media is that, there gosh, there's so many differences, but your content can be so much more direct, so much more relevant, so much more personalized. Uh, Melissa, you were mentioning that, you know, only certain people can even get the swipe up feature on Instagram to have a call to action. Right, even
0: just that, like there's only so much that each platform allows you to like, I guess certain ways that you want to insert a call to action, that call to action, there's only one format to do that on each platform. And oftentimes it makes the subscriber or the the customer go through hoops, if you will, to sort of get to the end result, which is whatever you're selling or whatever you're promoting. And so with, like I said, with ConvertKit, we have so many different kinds of businesses that are able to use our platform and curate it to their specific structure. And those social media platforms don't allow you to do that for a reason. It's a little bit more simple, but it doesn't mean that the end result is easier necessarily.
1: Right, exactly. And with email marketing, you can just get so advanced if you want to. You can also keep it simple if you want to. So on ConvertKit, you can set up sequences and automations. You could have a welcome sequence that automatically emails someone as soon as they join your list, where you introduce yourself, you let them know what kind of content you're going to send them. And you can ask them right off the bat, hey, what are you interested in? And they can click to select the kinds of emails they want to receive from you. And then if they click, for example, let's say my uh, photographer friend, she gets a click on presets, then she can put that person in the presets tag and make sure to send them emails about any presets she might be selling for photography. And things like that are really going to just produce more conversions and sales for you than you ever could get in Instagram, which is why email still has the highest return on investment out of any of the other platforms um, that you could use for marketing.
0: I think from like a subscriber experience, it's also a little bit more personal sometimes. You know, there's only so much that an Instagram influencer or someone who just uses it for their business specifically can do to reach out to that many followers and with email you can add you know automatically maybe the subscriber doesn't know that but the subscriber feels like it's more personal on their end and so I think that goes a long way people scroll and they scroll and scroll and so when they sign up to be on your email list they genuinely want information from you
1: Exactly. And if I'm a blogger and I have fashion content, but also home content, I can't say, hey, only show this story to people who like fashion content. But with email marketing, yeah, I can send to them and say, okay, this is only for my fashion people. I'm going to send them a link to the outfits I posted today. And, you know, I have affiliate links and you can make money that way. There's just so many ways to make money in email marketing and you know this podcast isn't necessarily like a business email marketing podcast but what we're going to do is give really specific information on email deliverability you might not even know what that means yet but we're going to talk more about it and it just makes sure that your email marketing is more successful So the word deliverability, we kind of talked about, it's a little confusing. It's long. It's weird. Melissa and I were just sharing that none of our family members or friends really understands what we do for a living. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Everyone, Everyone thinks automatically that we are the bad guys and
0: we are the people who are in your spam box. And obviously, like if you're in email marketing, you know that that's not true. I am signed up to plenty of lists of people who I genuinely want to receive emails from. And, you know, I, I'm looking in my inbox for those emails of the people who I'm excited to see what their content is and what offers they might be sending out. So we're definitely not trying to help people get into that you don't want to hear from, but we want people to understand how. Your list directly impacts like the success of your list directly impacts your return on investment, like Alyssa said, and also having a healthy list overall is what determines sort of where your emails go and if they get sent and where they get placed and all of those things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Our job is actually making sure that people are getting the emails they want to get And that people who are sending emails are sending more relevant, helpful, insightful emails, and that those emails make it to the inbox. (laughs) Yeah. And that
0: everyone's able to kind of engage with each other and make it a good experience.
1: Exactly. I actually, we both care a lot about the subscribers and the experience that they're having. Obviously working at ConvertKit, our customers are the senders, but I really care about the subscribers. I don't want anyone receiving spam. So that's our job is making sure the people on your list want to hear from you and you're emailing them about the kinds of things they want to hear about and that those emails make it into their inbox and not buried in their spam folder. So that pretty much is what deliverability is. It's your ability to reach the inbox of your subscribers. And there is the term delivery and there's the term deliverability. They sound a lot alike and they get confused often. Um, So I just want to clear up the difference. Delivery is referring to whether your email is delivered or bounced. So let's chat a little bit about how email sending works in general. I think that's misunderstood a lot. Whenever you go to send an email and you click that pretty send button in your email, Email service provider, maybe it's ConvertKit, maybe it's something else. I think a lot of people just imagine the email going, you know, right to the inbox, just in a single swoosh. It just goes like magic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I still kind of do, even though I know what happens, like because, you know, you can't, you're never going to really know what that looks like, but you
1: can visualize it. So, yeah. And that's so funny. I think a lot of people do think it's just, a one-sided conversation, like the sending just happens and then boom, it's there and it should all be perfect and it should go to the inbox. But what a lot of people don't know is it's actually a back and forth kind of conversation between the sender and the receiver. So in our case, the sender is going to be ConvertKit, but it's whatever email service provider you're using and your email to each subscriber is going to be sent off of an IP address, Those IP addresses are owned by the email service provider like ConvertKit. So essentially the message leaves off of that IP and reaches out to the recipient's server. So let's say Gmail in this case, it's the most popular mailbox provider these days. So let's use ConvertKit and Gmail as our example. When someone clicks send, the email goes from ConvertKit to Gmail first. And we always say is essentially, hello, I'd like to start an email message. If that Gmail server is available, it's going to say, keep going. So they actually come back to us at that point. Then if they said, okay, we're gonna say we wanna email blank and it's the subscriber's email address. At that point, if the subscriber... If their email address is available and ready to receive mail, Gmail will say, okay, keep going. So I won't go through all the steps, but it's just good to know it's a back and forth conversation. And at any of those points, Gmail or whoever the receiver is could say, actually, no, like this email address doesn't exist, or we don't like your sending address has a bad reputation, or maybe just we're busy right now. Our server is down. There are so many reasons the message could bounce. But it isn't just a one-step process. It's kind of like when a company sends you a
0: package and it doesn't just go straight from the company to my house. It has to go... I ordered something the other day from California and it had to go to five different places. And then you can follow it you know, with the tracking and you can see it was accepted at this place. It was sent off to this place. And then every once in a while, you know, it'll say delivered And sometimes if it's I don't know who does it, I don't know if it's FedEx or UPS, but they will specifically say delivered on like at your door or in your mailbox or at the front desk of the apartment you live in. So it's it reminds me of that where like every step is kind of important because if there's a storm or if there's there's all these other factors that can kind of take that off course, So that's what it reminds me of a little bit.
1: It's very similar to that, except the cool thing about email is it takes a few seconds. Like, it's so crazy how quick it all happens. But that's essentially delivery. So at the end of that conversation, just like you were saying with FedEx or whoever, at the end of that conversation, there's either a delivered receipt or a bounced receipt. So that's what you're going to see within your ESP. You'll see if somebody received the message or essentially if it was bounced. But past that, there is deliverability, which is not just did the message get delivered, but did it make it all the way to the inbox, which is, of course, what we all care about because it's great for a message to get delivered, but we also want to make sure it's being seen in the inbox and that all of your messages aren't going to the spam folder. And going on your analogy you just used, it is sort of like delivering a package. You might get a delivered email once it makes it to the front desk, but... It might not actually make it to you. It might get lost along the way. It might go to someone else's desk. What you really care about is deliverability, which is did the package actually make it to your desk? Did it make it to you? Exactly. You know, we care about that because if people aren't seeing your
0: messages, then you're probably not engaging with your audience. You're probably not getting the response that that you want when you're sending a message out. And you're probably not getting any kind of return on an investment with any product or service or content that you want to get out to your audience.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, so many businesses, whether it is, you know, a small business with just a few employees or whether it's a huge retail, you know, company with thousands of employees, for a lot of those businesses, email marketing is crucial. It's how they make most of their money by sending out emails, people clicking on the call to actions and eventually buying something from them. So if those companies are having a huge deliverability issue, it can really, really, really impact the company. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to help you not even (laughs) have to worry about any of those
0: problems. Unfortunately, a lot of the tickets that I see, a lot of the questions that I see, that we see are related to people worried that there is a problem already and I mean, it's just like we've mentioned before, like there's just not a ton of very clear deliverability information out there. So it's very understandable that people get kind of either down a, I don't want to say a wrong path, but, you know, practicing bad habits when it comes to email marketing that can cause them to kind of put themselves in a bad position. And then getting back on track can definitely involve a little bit of extra work on the customer's end on your end when you've done something, you kind of have to, you know, it's like getting in trouble with a parent. Like you kind of have to get back in their good graces. And it's the same thing when you have not a great reputation with an email provider.
1: Yes, that's so true. I heard a really good example or I guess an analogy the other day from someone who's been in deliverability for so many years, probably more than 20. An example she gives oftentimes to people who have gone through deliverability problems and they're trying to repair it is that It's like baking a cake. You have to put together all the ingredients, all of the right strategies and steps and all of the good things to fix your reputation. But then the cake's not ready to eat. Like you have to bake it. You have to wait a little bit and put it all together and be patient. And it does take some time to repair a reputation. So our goal is to give weekly information proactively before you run into any deliverability problems. But also if you are experiencing some issues, We'll talk through what could be causing those issues and how to fix them. And we'll also have some Q&A sessions too. So feel free to ask us questions. If you are going through something, we'll be happy to help and give some guidance. If you're a ConvertKit customer, you can do that within the ConvertKit community. But if you're not a ConvertKit customer, you can also do that by going to convertkit.com slash deliverability. And there will be a form there for you to send us a question. And also we'll try and bring up some like
0: common questions that we see day to day because everything kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes we'll see more questions than others and we'll see questions that are more relevant to new customers at ConvertKit. So we'll try and like bring a lot of those up too. So maybe like the big ones are sort of covered.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Just to give you all a heads up and a little peek into what's coming for this podcast, we're going to next week talk about sender reputation, which is essentially one of the biggest factors that's going to determine if your message goes to the inbox or the spam folder. We'll talk about what is your sender reputation? How do you find it? How is it determined? All of that good stuff. And we have future episodes on how to protect the list health how to avoid spam traps and blacklistings. If you don't know what those things are, they might sound a little scary, but we'll help clear that up. And how content impacts your deliverability. So many topics. We have a lot of really great episodes lined up that will help you get some more clarity into how deliverability works and hopefully provide some engaging content that is easy to understand. Definitely. And a
0: lot of these topics sort of domino against each other. So if there's ever questions about one thing or another thing, Don't feel like you have to wait for the next episode. Like if there's something that you feel is directly impacting you and we haven't covered it, but it seems sort of like fall in with what we're talking about. Feel free to always reach out to us with questions because I feel like it's easy. And we both know we've we've done this so many times. We try to start talking about something and then we get down a black hole on something else because it really does all kind of fall in together like the whole cake baking analogy, you don't really have one without the other. So it's its definitely going to overlap and hopefully we'll be able to very clearly state and explain the definitions of a lot of things we talk about. Because like I've mentioned before too, if you go online and you Google these things, it sort of just gives you all this information and there's really not a way to explain it in a proactive, like engaging way. And so hopefully we'll, we'll be able to do that.
1: Exactly, it's so hard to explain one thing about deliverability without explaining like a hundred other things, but we're gonna do that. And it's gonna be great, it's gonna be fun. I clearly think deliverability is very interesting, and I think that you all will too once you hear more about how it all works. It's all pretty cool. I mean, at the end of the
0: day, if you care about your subscribers and if you care about your return on investment, you will care about deliverability. And that sounds
1: really straightforward, but
0: it's the truth. Yes,
1: (laughs) (laughs) it is. I've definitely helped out some people who Have had big deliverability issues and it has dropped their sales like crazy. And they have to spend a lot of time coming back from that. So, our goal is to help you avoid any of that and to just have a better understanding of how all of this works.
0: Now, you can go out and tell people that our job is not to get people in the spam folder, but to actually help make sure that you're connecting with your audience and that you're able to utilize your list and take advantage of the fact that you have people who want to know your information. That's such a cool thing to have the power to share information. And email marketing, like we said before, is a fantastic tool. It's still one of the number one tools to do that. So if you can make it work for you, your business is just that much more ahead, especially in this day and age.
1: Yeah, exactly. You said it all. Cool. Well, make sure you tune in next week. We're going to talk about your sender reputation, which pretty much is the most important factor to determine if your messages are going to the inbox or spam. We're going to clear up how all of that works, how to improve your sender reputation if it's low, and how to even know what it might be. We're super excited to talk about our next topics, and we hope you guys are here uh, next Tuesday.
0: Sounds good. Don't miss it. See you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.